Parsons, you're listening to No Names, All Game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names, All Game. Today is January 4th, your first episode of 2023, and we are doing it as Rose Bowl champs. My name is Chris Hankin, joined as always by my co-host Pat Colicchio. Happy New Year. Welcome back. Congrats on a win. We did it, guys. All of us. We did it. We were on the field, um, and it was amazing. We had a lot of fun. We're going to talk about it. Pat was there in L.A. at the game. Pat, give us give us the rundown. How was the experience? Oh, happy new year. It is, my friend. Got to hang out at the uh, the Penn State L.A. alumni tailgate with a bunch of good people. Uh, shout out. I did. I was passing out stickers that Chris ordered to Love a couple of fans in the stands. One of them, already a listener, recognized Hell yeah. Forgot your name. Pretty sure. I want to say Adam, but shout out <laughs> to you. You should be listening, so you know it's you. Um, All right. But yeah, it was cool to meet you, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I heard heard a lot of good things. Um, you know, obviously one of the biggest things on television is looked highly skewed to Utah. It was like 75% of the stadium was Utah fans, which we kind of expected it. You know, we, we talked about this on the, the episode that we did with the Utah fans football podcast. You know, they're a lot closer. Um, this is their second year in the Rose Bowl, you know, second year Pac-12 champs. They have a lot of momentum. We knew they were going to travel well. Um, I expected Penn State to travel a little bit better, to be honest. Um, but I did see somebody put out a map on Twitter that showed like the ticket allotment. And like the Penn State ticket allotment was basically the 25, 30 percent of the stadium that we had covered. So um I don't think it's too big of a deal, but what was your experience? You know, was it, was it overwhelmingly Utah? Did you have a good, you know, group of Penn Staters? What was it like? So, I mean, I was in the end zone and not, uh, I was on the complete opposite side of the stadium as the Penn State section. Oh, so I was mostly surrounded by Utah people with some Penn Staters. Uh, yeah, it did definitely look overwhelmingly Utah, but I will say, I, I mean, and in the Penn State moments, it was loud for how few people we had. Like the, we felt every bit as loud, if not louder, than the Utah fans. That's awesome. I'll say yeah, that. we could we could uh, we could hear some of those chants on TV for sure. Uh, and how was the how was the experience with the Utah fans? Good people. Any uh, any good stories? Super or anything? nice. Yeah, super nice. There were you know a couple of kids in front of us who were like you know younger guys, like kind of jabronis, but they were for even for that they weren't like too bad. But yeah. everyone was very nice. I did win. I want a beer off a Utah fan who I would bet. I bet that we would score first. So, um, <laughs> thank you, Mitchell Tinsley and Sean Clifford. <laughs> yeah. Listen, man, a beer, a beer won is, is sweeter than a beer paid for. Obviously. I, um, listen, I was worried after we punted on that first possession. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a little tough. So let's, let's get into the game. Um, obviously a, a fantastic finish. Uh, we win 35 21 in pretty dominant fashion from the second half on, uh, finished the season 11 and two, which, you know, we've said many times over the last month or so, as the season was coming to a close, any one of us would have signed up for before the season. So, um, I'm happy, man. I'm, I'm happy. And I'll talk a little bit more about, uh, some, some other things and some of my, Know, feelings throughout the season and, and how it changes to now as we get into it. But let's start as we always do with our Lion Award. Uh, if you haven't listened before, the Lion is the MVP of the game. I have a feeling, Pat, we might have the same one here. Uh, is it who I'm thinking it is? We're, we're stiff for him. I am stiff for Cliff, Sean Clifford, my Lion, my guy, has a great performance, completes like 73% of his passes. For 280 yards, a couple of touchdowns, 
had like some really great throws in there. Like he did not just manage this offense through this game. He played really well. He made some big throws and he made some long throws. He looked, you know, as close to perfect as I've ever seen him in a in a Penn State uniform. A couple of sacks here and you know, I they didn't look like pocket performance. He is aligned for his personality, his heart, his just everything about him, his ability as a leader. He is my lion. And I feel yeah. vindicated. Yeah, as, as you should, as you should. I'm gonna I'm gonna rename this award for this moment. Uh, this is the first ever No Names All Game Lifetime Achievement Award going to Sean Clifford. He's my lion as well. Uh, there's no one else to give it to. I mean, there were some good performances in this game. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but this was the best game of his life on on a huge stage. Uh, virtually no mistakes. Uh, you talked about some of the nice passes, you know, on the seams to to, to Theo, to the Mitch touchdown, to Warren. Uh, the deep ball to Keandre Lambert-Smith is the highlight. Um, but to me, the play where he scrambles and finds Keandre for like 30 yards to keep that drive alive is one of, if not the best play of his career. Um, we have criticized him so much for his pocket awareness and collapsing at times. I mean, this is a play, it's third and eight. It's the second quarter of a 7-7 game. He sees two of his linemen get beat, feels it, spins out, keeps his eyes downfield, squares his body enough to deliver a good ball. That leads to a touchdown. Like, if we don't convert there, Utah gets the ball back. This game could be very different. Um, so it was really nice, uh, very emotional on the curtain call, uh, which was beautiful. I love that Franklin gave him that moment. I was crying, watching him cry. Um, it, was, it was just really cool. Uh, I think the one thing I want to say is it's okay to be wrong on takes. We live in this world on the internet where people die on hills because they want to be right or they want to be committed to the bit or whatever it is. I am so happy that I was wrong. I wanted Sean Clifford benched after Purdue. I wanted to go Drew full-time after the Ohio State loss. It, it wasn't always pretty, but Sean finished his career with 11-2 and two season and a pretty perfect Rose Bowl win. Like, I'm glad I was wrong. Like, do I think this changes his professional outlook? Not really. Like, maybe, you know, maybe he gets, you know, an opportunity in NFL camp, or maybe he goes and plays in in another league, CFL, XFL, whatever it is, maybe if he wants to. Maybe he just goes focuses on his business, his NIL business. I don't know. Um, but I'm really happy for him. And I'm really thankful and appreciative for what he gave us in this season. And like that, I, I'm not gonna beat the point to death. We've done it enough, but like. Thank you, Sean Clifford. Thank you. That's right, baby. And, you know, I, I did, I referenced like his kind of career as a starter in our podcast with the, uh, the Utah guys as like a bit of a, a turd sandwich, but let, let's be clear. That sandwich is on two pieces of very you know, artisanal 11 <laughs> and two bread. New Year's six. The best bread, bread you can buy. The best <laughs> bread you can buy. That's right. Uh, yeah, it was it was really cool. Uh, you know, all of the pictures. Shout out to all like the photographers from the different you know media outlets. Have some really great shots of him. You know, during his curtain call uh, after the game, he went back out like pad still on, kind of took a knee, took it all in. Um, there there was one I forget the woman's name. I'm blanking, but uh, she she posted a video of the moment he finds his family, goes up like hugs his girlfriend, gives his mom a rose, hugs her. It was it was really really beautiful, and and I'm I'm glad Cliff got his moment. So Cliff, you are a lion. You have received the first ever No Names All Game Lifetime Achievement Award, and we wish you the best of luck going forward. Uh, we'd love to have you on the show sometime after 
all of this is over. Once you settle down a little bit, we'd love to chat with you. Um, all right, let's get into awards. Uh, I have like four, I think, uh, just because I kept going. Um, we can just talk about them as topics afterwards, but right. uh, but let's start as awards. Uh, what's your first award? What do you got? I'm going with the Old Man Award. The Old Man Award. Okay. It's not Sean so Clifford. Is, yep. So this is the seniors. Is this Jair Brown? Is this not what you think. PJ, PJ Mustafer? Is this? It's not right, what you who, think, Chris. So, okay. I, you know, what is it? As we get old, things. You know, things in our body start to sag and droop. And as an old man, one of the saggiest parts is always going to be the ball bag. And you get to a certain age, and all you're left with is a couple of long balls. <laughs> Just like our friend Keandre Lambert-Smith. Who, you know, only, only bring three receptions yesterday, but for an average of 41 yards. I mean, a couple of long balls, like 35 and 88, off to the races. Just nothing but long balls for Keandre Lambert. <laughs> that might be my favorite name of an award on the season. You are you are the the creative one here. You are the the comedian on this show, and and my hat is off to you, sir. That was that was well done. Um, but yeah, Keandre Lambert Smith, three for one twenty four. I believe they said that was the longest pass touchdown in Rose Bowl history. That eighty eight yarder. Um, you know, and, and I mentioned before, credit credit goes to Sean for probably the best deep ball of his career. That was really beautiful. Kind of stepped in put it right where it needed to be, but hell of a route uh, by Keandre to, to get open and, and burn that defense. Um, he goes on to, uh, to do a nice little fake hamstring celebration. Uh, the initial broadcast cut it off, but we found a clip. We put it out on Twitter. Uh, very, very funny. Um, also a great moment from him after uh, maybe after that touchdown or whatever, he, he's on a sideline and uh, he, he's talking into the camera. Did you see this one? He goes, what is a dude? What is a dude? Don't mess with me. What Rose Bowl chance? What is a dude? Uh, one guy on Twitter was telling me that was like disrespectful. I was like, shut up, dude. Um, it was, it was very entertaining. Uh, and then that other play that I mentioned that, you know, Cliff's nicest play, that was Keandre kind of getting open and extending a play, right? When a play breaks down and a quarterback scrambles, like a receiver's job is find, find empty space and give your quarterback a chance. And he did that. So, um, I think, I think this was a huge game for him because, you know, receiver is one of our big questions going into next year. And, you want him to step up and be the number one guy. I mean, he showed you he's got what it takes. So yeah. Shout out Keandre Lambert Smith. I love that. Um, all right. Mine is, I think I've given this award and I might've actually given it to this person, but I'm giving it again it is the passing of the torch award. It is not Sean Clifford to Drew Aller. It is someone else. Any I guess So I was, uh, this was going to be my next award and I wonder if it's the same person. I'm guessing Kalen King. It is Kalen King. It is Kalen King. Um, what, what's the name of your award? We can we can give it a. I was here. also going with the passing of the torch. Amazing, amazing. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So th this is you know I, I think I've actually I think I gave this one out when Joey uh, first went out with the like appendicitis thing because Kalen came in and had a great game I, I think. Um, but this just again like we knew Kalen was special as a true freshman. He played a lot as a true freshman. Played really well. Uh, this year, what does he do? Just casually leads the country in, in pass breakups. 18. Fantastic. Uh, on the biggest stage, he comes up with a huge interception early in the game, an athletic interception. He's Crazy diving to make play. that play. It's fucking gorgeous. Uh, and the that completely that changes insane. the momentum. I, I can't imagine. I mean, it, on, on TV, I, it, like he was slow-mo floating through the air, catching it. It was, it was beautiful. Uh, I that leads there was no way he came down. You know, like yeah, that, that's a, the kind of play in person where you're just like, oh yeah, you know, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, nice, nice. He had a chance. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, but that led to our first touchdown. That was a huge momentum shift early in the game um, that that needed to happen. And and Kalen is taking that torch. We know Joey Porter Jr. is going to be uh, this is the big story. He's going to be the first Penn State corner taken in the first round ever. I believe we've had maybe like safeties back in the day in the 40s or 50s. I don't know. Uh, but the first corner to be taken in the first round from Penn State. And I don't think we're going to have to wait very long for another. I'm calling it right now. I think Kalen will be a first rounder next year. I think he's that good. And being the CB1 on a team next year with Joey gone, I mean, all the spotlight will be on him. So Kalen King, take a bow, hold that torch. And I can't wait to see what you do next year. Um, All right. I I know I kind of stole your second award there. Uh, Do you have any others? Yeah, I'm going with the uh, the Neon Award. The who? The Neon Award. Neon. Neon. Like Neon Colors? Like Neon Dion. Neon Dion, okay. Who was, of course, prime time. Uh-huh. But there's one thing prime time players do, Christopher. They make they prime make time the- plays. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I think very few people made as many prime time plays this past week than Nicholas Singleton. Yeah, buddy. I mean... 120 yards on just seven carries. It's insane. And it was 87-yard touchdown, had a couple of big first down runs and another touchdown in there, the first touchdown of the game, won me a beer, got us on the board. I mean, this kid looks so special. Uh, He's showing things at this point in the season that he was not showing at the beginning. He has – I mean, to come in and be as good as he was at the beginning of the season was, you know – the high end of expectations and to have improved as much as he has, man, is really in such a short period of time as a true freshman is insane to watch. Future's bright. Yeah. Yeah. This Future was a, this is neon bright. Great, great name of the award again. This is this is his national coming out party. Um, I, I don't think he was a secret at this point. A lot of people knew about him. He's on uh, ESPN's True Freshman All America list. He, he's gotten some other nods on, on national All America lists. Um, but but this on the brightest stage. I mean, every account in the world was was tweeting it. ESPN, Barstool, Bleacher Report, uh, anyone who was a sports related account was tweeting that eighty seven yard run, and everyone he's a true freshman. Oh my god, he's a true freshman. And for people who aren't super familiar with Penn State, I, I was reading through the comments. And they're like, "Damn, this kid's Saquon special." Like, yeah, yeah, we we know that. Now you do too. Um, so I mean, you, you're going to see a lot of like. Uh, you know, already like the dark horse Heisman talk and all that, but let, let's just enjoy kind of what, what it is. Um, it, it was awesome to see him have that moment. I put out a tweet, um, went, went semi-viral for our standards, a couple hundred likes uh, of, of the three runs, his uh, Saquon's and Kajana Carter's all big time in the Rose Bowl, very different runs. You're not comparing them. They're all beautiful. They're all my favorite kids. Um, but it was, it was a, it was a beautiful moment. It, it was very funny too on the broadcast. Uh, who is it? Chris Fowler. <laughs> Singleton is broken it off. He is very far away from any defender. And Chris Fowler goes, he's in a foot race. No, he's not. He's gone. Oh, they're, they're, they're still running after him. It's still a foot race. Yeah. yeah he's, he's won it, but fair. It's, it's fair. still happening. <laughs> yeah. So shout out Nick Singleton. That was, that was awesome. Um, I, I have two more real ones and then kind of a joke one. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to go with the real ones. Uh, this is the Swan Song Award. Uh, this, this man delivered his Swan Song in, in a beautiful way. A guy that's leaving us. It's Jair Brown. I love Jair Brown. Um, all the focus was on Cliff for his curtain call. 
Um, rightfully so. Rightfully so. That's his moment. It's his game. He's the star. Um, but this was a big moment for a lot of seniors. A lot of guys playing in their last game as Penn Staters. Some guys playing in their last game ever as football. You know, guys that aren't going to go to the NFL. Um, but but maybe none bigger than, than Jake Brown, as they call him. This is a JUCO kid who came into Penn State, balled out last year. Him and Brisker. You know, they were they were fantastic together. He could have left last year. I, I think he would have been a mid-round pick. I don't, I don't even think it would have been a day three. I think he probably would have been a day two pick. Um, but he came back and just dominated. He dominated this year. He was the leader of that defense. He makes plays that safeties don't make. Like, I mean, he finishes with, let me, let me look here, uh, eight tackles, one and a half sacks, one interception. Um, the sack that he had was, was beautiful. He like, kind of like Euro steps, the tackle gets in there and just brings the quarterback down. Like that's just safety playing like an edge rusher on the line. Um, the interception was, was, you know, the, the ball was kind of thrown up and not a great throw, but he was right there in center field playing, playing that position. Like he does, um, in my eyes, this guy's a Penn state legend. I, I am so happy we got him for multiple years and, and I can't wait to see what he does in the NFL. So Jair Brown, great swan song. Thank you for everything. Love that. There, there are a few things that I love as much as a playmaking safety. And the J, Jair Brown is nothing if not that. I mean, the guy has a nose for the ball. He could, yeah, you, you're right. He, not only does he get interceptions, but he can make moves at the line of scrimmage and sack the quarterback, bring down running backs for a tackle for loss. He hits. He does it all, man. He is going to be a special talent in the NFL. Yeah, and he was rewarded. He was the he was the defensive MVP of the game with uh, Sean obviously being the the overall MVP, the the offensive MVP. So, shout out uh, Jair Brown. Um, all right, I have two more. Can we run through them, or do you have any others? I'll do one more. Oh, you got him! I love this. You're one prepared. More. What do you got? I got the Steady Eddie Award. Steady Eddie. Steady Eddie. Uh, Katron. Not quite. So th- th- this is a uh, Mitch. This Mitch is a terminology Stanley. that yes. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch, Mitch. It took Mitch me a minute, Stanley. but I got there. Yeah, all right, go ahead. that James Franklin likes to use every season on a guy, and it, it's not it's more complimentary than it sounds because it sounds kind of like ho-hum, you know, whatever. But for him, it's like it's the guy you can always count on, the guy who will always be able to make the play. I mean, that was Mitchell Tinsley this, this game. You know, he didn't put up gaudy numbers. He had 49 yards, but he led lead the team in receptions with six, eight yards a, a catch. A big time touchdown, you know when when a play had to be made. Mitch Tinsley was there to make that play, and that's yeah. who he was all season. Yeah, I, I completely agree. He he announced today on on Twitter, uh, formally declaring for the NFL. He's out of eligibility, couldn't come back, but just kind of made the formal statement to like say his thank yous and announce he's declaring. Um, and, and that was my reaction. It was like, I, I like I we got one year out of the guy, obviously as a transfer, but like it it was it was so nice and comforting of like, yeah, he's there. Yeah. He, maybe he's not the big, huge, massive play guy. Um, but he, he's always there when you need him. He's reliable. He's sure handed. He makes, he makes plays in the open field. Um, it was, it was fun to see him get that touchdown early on, which was really nice. He had a great play later in the game where he almost broke it for a second one, uh, deep in the red zone, kind of shook the defender, but then just got, got tripped up at the very end. Um, 
And he's a guy who I'm, I'm excited to see what his NFL journey looks like. We'll have another episode in the next week or two breaking down kind of all the end of the season NFL stuff. Uh, so we won't go into that too much here. But he's he's one of those guys who like, you know, mid-round talent, but can 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 turn some heads at the next level. So shout out Mitchell Tinsley. Um, all right. One one kind of jokey award. <laughs> I, just, I had to throw this in there because I liked it. Uh, now I'll get to my last real one. Uh, this is the icing on the cake award. It goes to my boy Chris Stoll. Uh, he is, he is just a fun guy that for some reason, like people love, uh, Sean Fitz of, of formerly of 24 seven now of on three is like Crystal's biggest fan. Always tweets about him. He's our long snapper. If you didn't know, uh, he won long snapper of the year this year, probably has an NFL future, right? Long snappers are, are far and few between. If you are a good one, you will get a job. So good for him. Um, but him running down that Barney Amore punt and downing it on the one was the icing on the cake. Uh, a signature moment on the national stage for a long snapper is just it it's so fucking awesome. So I wanted to I wanted to give him a quick shout out there. Great moment um, in person. Couldn't tell that was Chris Stoll because it's oh, the really? opposite end zone. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't announce like who downs right. the punt. Right, I have right, no right. clue, but what a play. Yeah, 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 that was fun. Um, all right, and my last award, and and possibly my most my most serious outside of outside of uh, our our boy Cliff. Uh, this is the Stop and Smell the Roses Award. Stop and smell the roses. So I have to imagine it's going to an older guy. Uh, this man, this man is older for sure. I'll give you a hint: he's not a player. Is it James Franklin? It's going to James Franklin, man. Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know Pat and I are James Franklin. Fans. If you're new to this podcast, hi, we're James Franklin fans. Um, I, I I tweeted out today, like, you know, we're going to talk in a couple months about what he has to do going forward and the challenges he has to overcome and all that kind of stuff. But like, let's take a minute and, and, and give this man his flowers. Stop and smell the roses. Like you look back over the course of the last six, seven years, 2016, Big Ten champs. 2017, Fiesta Bowl champs. 2019, Cotton Bowl champs. 2022, Rose Bowl champs. Like, it's it's not the pinnacle, right? You're still gonna you're still gonna hear the buzz of hey, you gotta beat Ohio State, Michigan. You gotta beat top ranked teams. You have to win the Big Ten again. You have to get to the playoffs, and all that's true. But this man's given us a Big Ten championship and three New Year six wins in the last seven seasons. That's pretty damn good. Um, so yeah, James, stop. Smell the roses, have a beer, enjoy this moment with your family, with your staff, with your players. You deserve it. Like, thank you for what you've done for us. Um, also hilarious moment caught on, on the broadcast uh, towards the end of the game. He called a timeout. Um, I don't remember exactly what the situation was, but he called a timeout and he was like getting booed for it. And a hot mic caught him and he goes, boo hoo, fuckers. Like, it's just fucking awesome. Um, he's had a couple of really funny like sideline moments over the years, some gifts that have caught him like mad or angry. Um, and it's just, it was so fun to see them douse him in the Gatorade bath, cover him in the rose petals. Um, his, his, his staple reaction that if you douse him in a Gatorade that he's going to tackle you, um, did that to, uh, I think it was like Cam Brown a couple of years ago, uh, just tackled the shit out of him after it this time. I think it was, I think it was Jair Brown. I don't know if someone dumps it on him and he just runs and tackles the guy, but like, you can tell he has so much fun with this team. He loves his team. Like he hears a lot of bullshit, you know, in, in the season, some of it warranted, some of it unwarranted. Um, it's not going to change until you win a national championship. That's, that's just the sport we're in, but 
I don't know. I want to. I want to shout out James Franklin and and give him this award because it's been pretty good. Yeah, and you know what? I obviously there is room for Coach Franklin to improve. Uh, but I, if you take an honest look at where he is now and where he was when he got hired as our coach, I think you see massive improvement. We don't see those clock issues that we dealt with sometimes at the beginning of his career. I think the play calling is oftentimes better than it was at the beginning. I think the coordinator hires have been home runs. I think you're seeing better position coach hires. Um, and, you know, beyond that, I forget who I was talking to about this this past weekend, but everything that we say that we love about Penn State football, about this program, James Franklin is is all of it. He's a winner. Yeah. He does it the right way. There's been no, you know, legitimate scandal under this man. Um, he graduates players. He brings in high character people, people like Sean Clifford, people like Olu Fashano, who could be a first round pick, but is coming back to finish his degree. Uh, we're not throwing NIL money at players to come here. Um, you know, you don't see the wild amount of opt-outs for bowl games that a lot of other universities experience because guys buy into him and they buy into this program and the team matters more than them individually. Um, every recruit that comes up here when people ask me, you know, why did you choose Penn State? The first thing I hear every single one of them say is it's all about family there. He makes it about family. These are all the, the class, the family aspect, the winning. These are all the things that we like are ob- obnoxiously love about Penn State football that we hang our hat on that people hate us for. He's all of them. So I'm tired of hearing you know, there, there are legitimate criticisms that can be made of this guy, but I'm tired of hearing some of the hate that he gets. It's ridiculous. He is a very good coach. He is a great guy. He runs a hell of a program. Amen, brother. Amen. Oh, all right. So that wraps up our awards for this Rose Bowl. Um, I think we've, we've talked about pretty much everything. I have a couple of notes, a couple of stats that we can run through here to, to kind of round out the episode. But um, yeah, fun, fun game, fun season. Uh, a ton to look forward to, you know, we'll, we'll talk about in this off season, you know, we will, we will, what's the word I'm looking for here. Um, hypotheticalize if that's a word or, or, you know, dream about and project and, and everything, what Drew Aller is going to bring to us. Uh, that was a really nice moment too. Sean and Drew kind of embracing and uh, Sean giving him a slap on the ass saying, get in there. It's, it's your time now. Um, so we've got a lot of that coming in the off season. Uh, last year, I did hardly anything in the off season. Uh, had some life stuff going on. I promise you guys, we will have a big, off season uh this year lots of episodes hopefully lots of guests lots of cool things um but before we wrap up i I sound like i'm wrapping up there's some other stuff to talk about um i think one of the biggest things uh it it wasn't like a huge question uh on on twitter but it definitely popped up and i'm curious your thoughts of kind of being in the stadium and, and feeling it from an energy side obviously uh third quarter i believe it was utah's quarterback cam rising gets hurt leaves the game, cannot finish. They have to bring in the backup. Uh, Barnes, I think his name was. Um, how much do you think Cam Rising going out affected this game? And do we think the score would be closer, would be different if he were to able to play the whole thing? Yeah. So full disclosure, I was in line for the bathroom when Cam Rising got hurt. So I came back and had no idea he was <laughs> playing for like – until he threw, until he threw that interception. <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't um, notice that the guy wasn't running all over us anymore. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's looking a lot better. Um, yeah, 
But I mean, let's be clear. Cam Rising wasn't having like some tremendous game. Correct. He was eight for 21 when he left the game for 95 yards, the four and a half yard average and an equal touchdown interception ratio. He, yeah. he was hurting us with his legs and his ability to extend plays, occasionally hitting a pass off his ability to extend plays. But if you ask me, like, th- that would have probably lessened as the game went on as, you know, you saw it happen. His offensive line got a little more tired. Manny Diaz started bringing more pressure. Now, it's possible Manny Diaz dialed up even more pressure because he's dealing with a backup. Sure. But, like, as far as pure passing goes, Bryson Barnes was every bit as good as Cam Rising. Um, you know, I, I, I think the game would have been closer with Cam rising in because he has, he is a playmaker. He has the ability to extend plays with his feet, but like he was not looking that great through the air. Um, and end of the day, like, you know, he doesn't stop a couple 80 yard touchdowns from happening. You could say right. all you want about like the situational football. I'm like, yeah, the situation does change, uh, based on where we are in the game, the field position, everything like that. But I mean, Utah made some mistakes on defense yeah. and that yeah. was probably the biggest difference here. Yeah. My, my thoughts exactly. Um, it, like you mentioned, he was hurting us with the legs a little bit, nine carries for 59 yards. A lot of the talk on Twitter was uh, from Penn state fans saying he gave us kind of trace McSorley vibes of scrappy gamer being able to just extend things. Um, and he was doing that. Um, there was that one really bad series for us on defense early on. Like the tackling was, was abysmal in the first half. We got that, we got that fixed in general in the second half. Uh, but that one bad series, it's third and 10, uh, the pressure gets there to rising. He launches his up and Marquise Wilson just loses the ball. Uh, they get a big gain off of it. And then like the next player, the next couple plays, the running back takes it to the house. Um, that to me was, was more of a, a defensive failure on our side. Like the first touchdown that Utah had, I wasn't really worried. I was like, ah, oh, whatever. Um, this one, the second one was the only time I was nervous because I was like, damn, we are getting to cam rising. He's not really beating us through the air. And we still just kind of let up a, a long touchdown because of that. So I, I agree. I don't think the game, I think we still win the game. Maybe it's a little bit closer. We won. What would what, what we win by two scores? Maybe it's a one score game. Um, but I, I was curious if like there was any energy shift from the Utah fans, if they were like kind of giving up after it happened, if, if anything changed in the stadium. Uh, no, it was right after it happened. It definitely wasn't until, you know, it became a 35 to 14 game that it was kind of like, I would give up. Uh, yeah. And let's be honest, that last touchdown maybe doesn't happen if Penn State is playing all its starters on defense and like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? not a, giving up garbage time touchdowns. And the, the, the second one they got even is like, I'm not going to hang my hat if I'm a Utah fan on that touchdown happening over and over again, where Marcus oh, yeah. Wilson falls over and like, hey, you know, if um, I'll put it, if the roles were reversed and a defender did that to a wide receiver, it's pass interference. Um, mm. And then just a bunch of broken tackles for like a, a touchdown. That That's not what I forecast is like, their ability to score for the rest of the game. Like they're not a big play offense in general. Yep. Um, our and that's, and that's are generally better than that, you know? Yep. And, th- and that's why I said like, that was the only moment I felt a little bit worried because it was so uncharacteristic of us. Like I wasn't worried about her offense. I wasn't worried about like, Oh, Cam Rising's going to start throwing bombs and tearing us up. Like that was Marquise Wilson was in. Cause I think it was when Johnny Dixon got hurt momentarily um, so normally that's probably Johnny Dixon. Maybe he makes a play on that ball. Maybe it's an interception. Um, I'm not blaming Marquise. Shit happens. It is what it is. Um, 
but yeah, that was the moment where I was just like, uh, like, is this going to be one of those games where just things aren't going our way? Like we're the better team right now. We, we are, we're not quite getting the pressure, but we're getting better. The tackling is getting better. Like, is this going to be the, the script of the game where things just go weird for them? So yeah, like I, I wasn't worried about that. It is what it is for a touchdown. And then their last touchdown was like you said, kind of against, you know, some, some backups and whatnot um, did cash the over for a lot of people. So that probably helped. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I don't think it changes the game. Um, we look at, you know, some other, some other notes here, defense finishes with six sacks total chop Robinson sack and a half on his birthday. Shout out chop uh, Curtis Jacobs, two sacks, big game for Curtis Jacobs uh, said in a post game interview that, you know, this team looks good, looks ready for a national championship next year. And they asked him, what, what does that mean for you coming back? He said, it's enticing. So we will hang on that one word until he makes his official decision. Um, but yeah, the defense, I mean, the defense played really, really well in the second half. And I don't think it changes a lot if Cam Rising's in there. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's always the potential that it does because the kid's a playmaker and he can be special at times. Um, and you get the feeling that like, you know, it's possible that he would, he would have had a better second half than first half, but I just, it's, it's nowhere near the type of game where I go, yeah, they would have won if Cam Rising doesn't get hurt. Right. Right. Completely agree. I think, I think our offense really started clicking. You know, we, we already said shout out to, to Cliff for some great throws. Uh, the running backs played really well. Shout out Katron Allen muscled in for a touchdown. They had 12 men on the field. I almost gave that award 12 angry men. Um, <laughs> they had, they had 12 men on the field in the T formation, by the way, we scored two touchdowns in the damn T formation. That was another thing. The uh, national media was losing their mind about. They were like, just wait till Lincoln Riley gets to the big 10 and has to deal with this shit. Um, so that was fun. Katron loved that. Uh, the receivers did well. So I think our offense was clicking. I don't think it would have changed anything. And I think, you know, shout out to our defense. Like a, realistically, we gave up one, one really good touchdown drive, one fluky one where, you know, the Marquise Wilson play and we can't tackle. And then one at the end of the game, like garbage time. I, I have no qualms about that. I was very frustrated first half because we were missing, missing tackles and just, I don't know if that's nerves. I don't know if that's, you're trying to make a big play in this national spotlight. I don't know. It is what it is, but Manny Diaz got it fixed, and this was a fantastic game. Um, I think that's all I got. I, I, I'm looking at my notes. I think I've run through kind of everything. Um, like I said, shout out Nick and Katron. The receivers played well. The tight ends played well. Um, we've got a couple NFL decisions that we're waiting on. Curtis Jacobs is one. Uh, Theo Johnson recently said that he's leaning towards coming back. I never even thought he would think about leaving to be honest um i think you know with brenton leaving theo comes back he's number one tight end um i i, I think he's very good i don't think he's quite nfl ready yet um so we'll wait on that and then i think adisa isaac is probably the only other one we're waiting on curtis jacobs theo johnson adisa isaac i think that's it yeah i mean theo johnson has you know shown nfl flashes has nfl ability but has not put up nfl numbers at this point in his career so it would be a little right surprising to see him go when he could have a year next year where he can put up some big numbers. Yeah. And he'll be the, like we saw what Brenton did this year as, as the number one, like, yes, this is a tight end committee, the aces, right. It, you know, they all kind of get in, but you know, Brenton was that guy for a lot of big moments this year. And, and, you know, when scouts are reviewing his tape, they're going to see that they're going to see the Purdue touchdown where he, you know, extended the play and 
push people off him where he scored. They're going to see those shorthanded catches where he's converting first downs. Um, they're going to see all of that, and, and that's what Theo can be next year. So, like I said, we'll break down all of that more kind of once the you know official decisions come out and everything. But um, yeah, I think that I think this is a good place to wrap it. Your Penn State Nittany Lions finished the 2022 season 11 and two a 35-21 victory in the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, the last true Rose Bowl with Big Ten Pac-12 tie-ins. Next year is a playoff site, and then we go into a 12-team playoff. So um, pretty fucking cool. Pretty fucking cool. That's all I got to say. What else else you got for us, Pat? Yeah, you know, thank you guys for hanging with us all season. Uh, It was such a better season than I predicted, than than we've had the past two years. Uh, I mean, a real pleasure to – you know, a couple of down moments, but a real pleasure to be able to cover this season and just gives you so much hope looking forward. You know, I, it, you know, we appreciate you guys, you know, like subscribe, all the things that help us keep going on this podcast, you know, give us the reviews, whatever. Um, I will call out sub Caroline a little bit uh, who said on Twitter that I, I had committed to grabbing a drink with her in LA and there was nowhere to be found. Well, Ooh, Caroline. <laughs> I mean, listen. She did. She did post pictures uh, today with Sean Clifford and Nick Singleton and Chuck Robinson. Yeah, she was no, a very. She was a very popular person. people than me. Yes, uh, that's what I, <laughs> I listen. I wasn't going to say. I wasn't going to say it that way. But she's. She's a very. Uh, she met Manny Diaz's stepmom. Yeah. Uh, she. She met a lot of people. So I'm not saying you're not important, Pat. But you know, she's got almost ten thousand followers for a reason. So, yeah. uh, Caroline, we love you. We'll have maybe we'll have Caroline on in the off season. We're going to have a I'm bunch sure of guests on. My goal this offseason is to bring some people on the show, get some maybe some former players, some people in the Penn State Twitter world, some people in the Penn State media. What If you guys have things you want to see, if you have people you want to hear from, let us know. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, I, I love everyone who listens to this show. You know, we're not the biggest by any means. We have a, a small group of, of people who enjoy this, and, and we appreciate the hell out of it. Pat, love doing this with you. Appreciate you for, for everything this season. Um, but for the people who listen, this is – you know, this is our outlet. This is how we we enjoy our Penn State football fandom, and we hope we bring you a little bit of enjoyment too. So, happy New Year! Congrats on a Rose Bowl champion uh, championship, maybe is the right word. And look for some cool stuff this off season. For the last time this season, we are.